0: Place all the same with a new face, with strange mysteries hanging in the air. People in their sane minds swear they see you today. Are you looking for the love they took away? Everyone. Spooky greetings, everybody. Thank you so much for stopping by and making Paranormal Prowlers podcast part of your day. Those tunes that you just heard are, as always, courtesy of the amazing country legend Bobby Mackey, and I, of course, am your host, Tessa Morrow. Now last week, I talked about Peg and Twizzle and her heartbreaking suicide, and of course the iconic hollywood sign the land that the sign sits on itself is part of griffith park which has been plagued with a curse death including murders a place for serial killers to dump their victims and much more griffith park itself is four thousand three hundred and ten acres An impressive size, the second largest park in California, with the first being Mission Trails Regional Park, which is 7,220 acres. Griffith Park is one of the nation's largest parks, 11th largest municipally owned park in the United States. Griffith Park is a beautiful location. I've been there a number of times, and there's just so much to do there, you guys. And it's over 4,000 acres. It features several different things, like walking trails, hiking trails, of course, the Hollywood sign where Peg Entwistle drew her last doomed breath, the Greek amphitheater, horse trails, home to the country's third oldest planetarium, the Griffith Observatory, the L.A. Zoo, i've been to that zoo it is a decent sized zoo i mean you do a ton of walking so if you do go be sure to wear some really good shoes because man if not it is a leg killer great place though for sure definitely recommend it would love to go back so anyways in addition to all the things that i already said that they have they also have the autry museum of the american west The Travel Town Train Museum, two different golf courses, the Bronson Caves, and just so much more. Let's just say, you guys, that there's something there for everybody. Even the pickiest of people will find something in Griffith Park that they can enjoy doing. Legend has it that the property that Griffith Park sits on is cursed. The person supposedly responsible for this curse was a jealous 17-year-old girl named Donna Petronilla. It is said that her wealthy, well-to-do, extremely well-off uncle, who was a successful land baron named Don Antonio Feliz, had contracted the dreaded smallpox, and he was deathly ill. And as he lie on his deathbed, Two men came in, one being a lawyer, and they came over and gave him this will that they had written up. Well, maybe he wasn't in his right mind. Maybe he just didn't care. I don't know. But he signs it. Donna, she is infuriated when she discovers that her uncle did not leave the grand property to her. Upon hearing this news, she screams at the top of her lungs a curse. And this takes place in 1863. And in this curse, she yells, the cattle and fields will be rattled with disease and die a horrible death. And if she cannot profit from this land, why should somebody else? And when a new owner shows up, well, she threatens him too, saying that he will die an untimely and sudden death. A curse at work. That's what many believe this to be when the land is plagued with bad luck and misfortune. The gentleman who had negotiated the sale of the land water rights, a Mr. Howard, well, he's murdered in a nearby saloon. A would-be owner was on a trip in Mexico when tragedy strikes and he's murdered by bandits. Colonel Griffith J. Griffith, purchases the land back in 1882, and he is plagued with misfortune from the very beginning. The Ghost Hunter's Guide to Los Angeles' Jeff Dwyer reports this, droughts, fires, and other disasters. A violent storm swept across the L.A. Basin, stripping away the vegetation from the rancho and killing much of the livestock. During the storm, several people saw the ghost of Donna Petronella, drifting about, renewing her curse, I Now remember, as she said in 1863, your livestock and fields will die. Uh, yes, this does very much sound like a curse at work. Griffith himself barely makes it out with his own life when in 1891, just nine years after the purchase of the cursed and tainted land, he is shot. Eventually, the stress is just too much for him to handle, And soon he begins to give away large portions of the land to the people of the City of Angels for the generous price of zero (gasps) dollars. That's right, you guys. Zip. Zilch. Nada. Free as a bird. Wow. This was extremely generous on Griffith's part. The curse, it was not done with him, though. In 1903, he would shoot his very own wife. Thankfully, she does survive the shooting, But this near-fatal action, well, it gives him a date with San Quentin. He dies in 1919 due to liver disease. On WeirdCalifornia.com, I did find more information about the shooting. Not Griffith shooting his own wife, but when Griffith himself was shot. And it's titled Old Calvary Cemetery. And it reads this, quote, Frank Burkett attempted to kill Griffith J. Griffith outside the old Calvary Cemetery on October 28, 1891. Griffith's wife and her sister were paying their respect to their family while Griffith stayed outside and was almost murdered by Burkett. Calvary Cemetery was during its time LA's primary cemetery, following the Plaza Church Yard. Not too long after the incident with Griffith in the early 1900s, the occupants of the cemetery were unearthed and relocated to New Calvary Cemetery east of the L.A. River. In the location, the corner of North Broadway and Bishop's Road, Cathedral High School was built. Strange disturbances have occurred here ever since. Legends abound of grave-shaped holes appearing outside after heavy rains, spooks wandering the halls, restless spirits disturbing the living, and all the coffin parts appearing occasionally throughout the grounds. It is said that once he thought to be successful in killing Griffith, J. Griffith, Briquette then puts the revolver to his own head and commits suicide. Unquote. Dumping grounds for serial killers. The Death of a Beloved Resident Puma, A Haunted Carousel, and much more. It's all coming up right now. Discussed last week was the suicide of the beautiful actress Peg Entwistle. Griffith Park is plagued with many other deaths and disappearances. In 1933, At least 29 civilian Conservation Corps workers are killed in what would be the deadliest wildfire in California history until 85 years later, when it is passed by the Campfire Fire in 2018, which claims 85 lives. The fire that claimed 29 lives is known as the 1933 Griffith Park Fire. In 1941, Jenny Dolly, part of the world famous dancing team along with her sister, hangs herself in her living room in the Hollywood Hills area. In 1993, Calhoun Times releases a story discussing the decades old murder. Quote Today, a look at eerie Hollywood highlights. The Shelton Apartments, once one of Hollywood's most exclusive, was the scene of two of its most tragic suicides. Jenny Dolly, along with her identical twin sister, Rosie, made up the Dolly Sisters, a world-famous dancing team in the early 1900s. In 1933, Jenny was badly disfigured in an auto accident. Operations left her face badly scarred. Her beauty and her career gone. Jenny was overcome by depression. Eight years later, in 1941, she hanged herself in her living room on a wrought iron curtain rod that looked up toward the Hollywood Hills. On October 7th of 1949, actress Jean Elizabeth Spangler heads out to work as an extra for a movie and she's never seen or heard from again. A couple of days later, her purse is found... You could tell there was a struggle just looking at that purse. The handle was torn, and it's found in Griffith Park. But the woman herself is nowhere to be seen. I don't know about you, but when I go out, I have my purse with me. I'm always double-checking, making sure I have it. And so it's a big deal when you just see this discarded purse, especially when it has to do with a missing person's case. That is never a good thing. So a Griffith Park worker makes the discovery of the purse in the Ferndale area of the park and in the purse contained an ominous note written by the woman and it reads this quote, kirk can't wait any longer going to see dr scott it will work best this way while mother is away Unquote. to this day the identities behind the man kirk and dr scott well they remain a mystery there's of course speculation the actress had recently been in a movie with Kirk Douglas, so some believe that this Kirk was Kirk Douglas, even though there's no proof that it was. When authorities spoke with him, though, he shared with them that he did not know the woman that they were asking about. But he would later go on to say this, Then I recall that she was a tall girl wearing a green dress, and that I talked and kidded with her a bit on the set, as I have done with many other people. But I never saw her before or after that, and I've never been out with her, Now, the rumor is that Spangler was pregnant and desperately wanting to abort the baby. So that would make sense that she was talking to a man, probably the father, letting him know that she was going to go along with the procedure. Enter Dr. Scott. Heartbroken and just full of despair, her mother offers a $1,000 reward. Today, that's equivalent to $12,848.74. To this very day, what happened to the actress is a complete mystery, long believed to be a murder victim. And the list of suspects, they're endless. Was it a disgruntled actor? Some believe it may be the man responsible for the Black Dahlia murder. One man believes that person who remains unidentified is his own father, George Hodel, who, by the way, I asked if he wanted to be on the podcast, and he just said he's too busy, but it's cool that he actually responded, so kudos to him. Did George kill Spangler? Rumors have it that the mob may have been connected to this. Some believe she went through with the abortion, and it was botched, and she died during this procedure. Some believe it to be her ex-husband, or maybe some psycho-crazed stalker fan. And of course, it may be the father of the unborn child. Maybe he didn't want to settle down. Maybe he was already married. Maybe he just didn't want a baby. Sadly, the world may never know what happened to this beautiful actress. Gone way too soon. What is known is that her items were found in Griffith Park. And she was last seen 74 years ago. Today, her whereabouts remain unknown. In 1962, Clara Blandick, the woman who portrayed Judy Garland's character Dorothy's dear sweet Auntie M, commits suicide in the very same apartment building where Jenny Dolly from the famous Dolly Sisters took her own life years earlier. In 1993, Calhoun Times released an article about about some eerie Hollywood highlights, and it talked about two suicides. The first one we already discussed— Jenny Dolly. And the second one is Clara Blandick. Quote, in 1962, actress Clara Blandick killed herself in her apartment just yards away from where Jenny Dolly was found in 1941. Blandick was best known as Auntie M in the 1939 classic The Wizard of Oz. She suffocated herself by placing a plastic bag over her head. Unquote. So Clara's health was declining rapidly. It was heartbreaking. She was suffering from a horrible, horrible case of arthritis. So severe that it left her feeling crippled much of the time. Her eyesight, well, that was going as well. Things were just not getting any better for the seasoned actress, unfortunately. On April 15th of 1962, Clara Blandick attends Palm Sunday services at church. Now, if you were a fly on the wall that day, In her apartment, it would look like a woman just cleaning up her house. She's just tidying things up, getting things in order. There was more to it, though. Sadly, everything she was doing had a purpose, had a meaning to her. She had laid out her precious resume and a collection of press clippings that have been done about her during her long, lengthy career as an actress. She had collected her all-time favorite portraits, and started putting them in special places in the house. She then dresses up in one of her favorite dresses, a gorgeous, beautiful, royal blue dressing gown. Her hair, is done just perfect. She then proceeds to take an alarming amount of sleeping pills. She lays down on her couch, and she puts a gold blanket over her body. And then she ties a plastic bag over her head. Now, there's not a single thing that is not alarming about this situation. It's utterly devastating. This woman is taking her life. But I don't see why she had to put the plastic bag over her head. The sleeping pills are going to do the job that she desperately is wanting, needing, at this point, to end her life. Clara does leave behind a suicide note, and it reads this, quote, I am about to make the great adventure. I cannot endure this agonizing pain any longer. It is all over my body. Neither can I face the impending blindness. I pray the Lord my soul to take. Amen. Unquote. Upon her death, her ashes are reunited with that of her sister, Marcia, and Marcia's husband. And here's an interesting fact Clara, who I best know as Auntie M, her ashes are just a few. Yards away from Charlie Grapewin, who in 1939 would portray her TV husband as they filmed Wizard of Oz together. He was Dorothy's uncle, Henry. In 1976, supposedly, a couple they are killed when they are having sex on a picnic bench in Griffith Park after a tree falls on top of them. This picnic bench is supposedly haunted. The following year, that being 1977, in a two-week span, two murder victims are discovered in the Hollywood Hills. October 18th, the body of Yolanda Washington is found. Now it's believed that Yolanda is the hillside strangler, which would turn out to be the cousin duo Angelo Bono and Kenneth Bianchi's first victim. Then, One day shy of two weeks after Yolanda is discovered, tragedy strikes again. October 31st, Judith Miller is found extremely close to the proximity of where Yolanda was discovered. She is another victim of the Hillside Stranglers. Other victims of Biono and Bianchi, they would be found as well in the Hollywood Hills. In 1990, L.A. Times reported this eerie fact, During one 15-day period last year, six bodies turned up in the park. The stigma has grown as park visitors, employees, and homeowners have become increasingly concerned over their safety. In 2000, Zabel Gazelian and her 13-year-old daughter, Garine, Their bodies are found December 21st. Both women had been shot to death in Griffith Park on Riverside Drive and Zoo Drive. Authorities believe that Gabriel Gazalian, the husband of Zabel and father of Garin, was behind the brutal double murder. Now, Shortly after the discovery of the mother and daughter's bodies, they find his body in a riverbed. It seemed that instead of doing time for the murders that he heinously committed, he would just take his own life so he would avoid jail. In 2005, a 40-year-old woman identified as Carrie Bradley, but better known as Iola Lynn Sims, is found stabbed to death on East Observatory Road, located in Griffith Park. The poor woman fell victim to the most vicious of attacks, being stabbed multiple times in the face, her neck, and her shoulder. Apparently, she had been deceased for around 10 days prior to being found. I hate to say this, but to this very day, her murder remains unsolved. In 2007, Ignacio Juarez suffers a fatal blow to the skull. Cause of death, blunt force trauma. He is found at Griffith Park's southbound Golden State Freeway at the Riverside Drive Ramp. He was a homeless man and had apparently gotten into an argument with at least three other homeless men. He is brutally attacked. During the investigation at the very, very beginning, authorities at first look believe that perhaps he was a victim of hit and run, but then they realize he was a victim of foul play. Thankfully, eventually, three men are arrested for the murder. In 2010, Sally Benke, an editor for Quentin Tarantino, including huge movies like Pulp Fiction and Inglorious Bastards, she goes on a hike one day in Griffith Park. Now, that particular day was a scorcher as California was being plagued with a heat wave and temperatures that fateful day rose to 113 degrees. I've been in that kind of weather before and it is absolutely miserable. Now Sally that day had gone out with a friend and her dog. The heat proves to be too much for the friend and this person decides to leave early, call it a day. Sadly, Sally should have left as well, but she doesn't. And her and her dog, they never make it back home. And authorities, they're soon summoned. Her body is found at the bottom of a ravine and her ever-so-faithful pooch never left her side. It was found sitting next to her. Her death was ruled as a heat-related death. Unlike the others that I've talked about, it was not suicide, and it certainly was not foul play, but just a very unfortunate case of being (music) heat-related. The same year as the editor's death, that being 2010, a couple of hikers are in Griffith Park. When they come upon an extremely disturbing sight, they find a skull belonging to a man while on Skyline Trail. And at the time of the discovery, it is believed the skull had been there for over two years. The rest of his body has never been located. And sadly, to this very day, the identity of this man remains a mystery. In 2012, yet another eerie discovery. A woman is out for a walk with her dog and gets more than she expects out of what should have been a rather normal walk on a normal day in January. Her beloved dog finds what at first she believed to be just a discarded movie prop. I mean, they were in Hollywood, by the way. But as they get closer, she realizes this is no movie prop. Her heart immediately sinks. This is a human being's head, recklessly and savagely cut off from its body. Cadaver dogs, they search the wooded area, and they wound up finding hands and feet, not too far away from Brad Pitt's house, actually. A couple years later, they make an arrest. The culprit was identified as a 66-year-old man named Harvey Medeline. Apparently, he went into this major jealous rage and murders his roommate-slash-lover, 38-year-old Gabriel Campos Martinez. And at least in this case, the victim was identified, and so was the person behind the heinous crime. Still, obviously an extremely sad ending and a horrible way to die. In 2015, a man's body is found in the park. It was discovered that he was a repeated sex offender, a heinous pedophile, and it is believed that he took his own life. And the following year, that being 2016, a couple of hikers come upon a human skull, partially covered up. And it's very close to the Hollywood sign where Peg Twizzle drew her very last breath. And in 2019, a woman's body is found concealed in thick brush. She is found to be wrapped in a blanket of some sort, and apparently she had been there for a number of days before being found. And in 2022, a woman's body is found hanging from a tree, and it's engulfed in flames. She was found northeast of the Griffith Observatory, near the carousel and Los Angeles Zoo. Shockingly enough, LAPD and the forensic team, they deemed this woman's death to be a suicide. Now, yes, while hanging is obviously a way one can take their life, why would she then immerse herself in a fire as well? And how did she do that? How was she able to catch herself on fire and still manage to hang herself successfully? This really reminds me of the case, the very unfortunate case, Ellen Greenberg, the poor woman who was found brutally stabbed to death, including several stab marks in the back of her head, like over 10. And for some reason, it's being called a suicide. I'm sorry, excuse my French, but excuse the fuck out of me. Are you kidding me? Things like that just piss me off. This is like something you would see in a stupid, cheesy-ass movie where the writers don't know what they're doing and the person is watching the TV screen yelling at the actors portraying the law saying, you idiots, it's murder, not suicide, are you kidding? No way in hell would you ever think this would be real life. Uh, no. She did not commit suicide by stabbing herself repeatedly, not only in the front, but in the back as well. Definitely murder. Also taking place in 2022, besides the woman's hanging death, her so-called suicide, a 77-year-old man named Andrew Gelmert is participating in a charity bike ride in Griffith Park when tragedy strikes. He falls victim to a hit-and-run incident. Now, thankfully, they would be able to identify and apprehend this person responsible for that fatal incident And he is identified as Haro Martinez. Now, during Christmas, after a night of playing several different games with my family, including Cards Against Humanity, always cracks me up that game, and some card games, my Aunt Mary Jo and I, we were talking a little bit, and I was telling her how I was working on this particular episode because she's very passionate when it comes to things like this as well. And she recommended that I talk a little bit about the haunted carousel that calls Griffith Park home. Now, I found this little article on CreepyLA.com, and it reads this, quote, Luis Alvarado, the honorary mayor of Griffith Park, reportedly encountered a ghost on two occasions by the merry-go-round. One night, While checking to help ensure all visitors have left the park at the sunset closing time, Alvarado watched as a man descended a staircase in the vicinity only to disappear when hitting the last step. Alvarado looked around to see if perhaps the man had disappeared behind a tree but could not find no trace. A few nights later, Alvarado is spooked when the scene repeats itself. Unquote. Now, some of the horses you see on the merry-go-round, well, they date back to 1895. Each horse is said to have their very own personality along with the name. You will find one black horse with a leg sticking out as if he was about to kick somebody. And his name is Devil. Hannibal, meanwhile, well, he's a unicorn. A sentence I never thought I would hear. (laughs) Hannibal is a unicorn. (laughs) A pure white stallion that has a lion above his foreleg, well, that's Arthur. And it is said that three of the horses are survivors from a fire that took place in 1926 in Lincoln Park. Altogether, there are 68 horses that you could choose to ride from while taking a ride on this iconic merry-go-round. Well, the merry-go-round here at Griffith Park is a place where people enjoy going to. At some point back in the 60s, parents didn't feel quite safe there and certainly didn't want to bring their children around in the area, as the flower children would often go there, painting their bodies, drinking booze, and getting high on drugs. Now, according to atlasobscura.com, quote, this merry-go-round is also believed to have inspired Walt Disney, and the famous bench, where he sat watching his daughter's play on the carousel, is still preserved. The concept of his theme park was born as he dreamt of a place where both parents and children can have fun, unquote. The final thing I want to talk about when it comes to Griffith Park is a gorgeous male cougar who is believed to have been born sometime between 2009 and 2010. While Griffith Park was home to the Griffith Park Zoo and now the Los Angeles Zoo and have so many scaly, feathery, and furry residents, Puma 22, better known as P-22, is a free-roaming cougar who called Griffith Park home. Now many sightings were reported of him lurking about in the Hollywood Hills. He was found and identified as P-22 in 2012. He was a furry beloved celebrity. He remained in the area for 10 years until he was captured and after a checkup they found him way too ill to be released and sadly not much could be done and they did with their Heartbreak and dismay have to euthanize him. In more recent times, only in 2022, so still fresh on their minds, that heartbreak for sure. Now, this is the last thing the people wanted. There were a few times that they had the option to put him down, including a time when he was found to be the culprit, or believed to be the culprit, in the killing of a beloved elderly koala at the zoo. But this was deemed of what a wild animal would do to survive, and they do not want p22 to suffer because of this his wild instincts his natural instincts so the decision was left to let him continue roaming well in 2014 two years after he is given the name p22 he contracts mange now this is believed to resonate from rat poison so for the people who still continue to use rat and mouse poison It does kill wildlife if you discard the carcass where other animals can get to it. If you do have to use the stuff, throw the carcasses in the trash can, you know? This is just one sad example of poison at work. So the park service, they capture the puma, give him a proper medical help that he needs to help fight the mange. Then they release him back to Griffith Park. Now, thankfully, he does make a full recovery. Now, they capture him again shortly after, just to make sure that everything is copacetic. And not only is he thriving, but he also gained 15 pounds. Things, they're looking mighty good for P-22. Two years after his mange incident, that being in 2016, a beloved elderly koala from the Los Angeles Zoo named Killarney disappears. Video surveillance shows P-22 in the area, but nothing incriminating is ever caught on tape. Again, this is deemed normal predatory behavior for a large wild cat, and when asked, the LA Zoo said they would not be asking for a permit to kill the mountain lion. But let's just say that after the death of beloved Killarney, they do go the extra mile for better security for their sweet, sweet animal residents. Now, on December 12th of 2022, they capture P-22 to check on his health. And after tests, they realize they cannot release him back into the park that he had called home for most, if not all, of his life. Which, by the way, staying in the confines of Griffith Park for his entire life, this is believed to be the smallest space for a free-roaming cougar in history. So that's pretty like crazy stuff right there. Now, Puma 22 was severely underweight. He had mange again, and he bore signs of a possible impact with a vehicle. And the day before, somebody did report that they had hit a mountain lion with their car. They track P-22's whereabouts and the GPS confirms that P-22 was the animal who got hit. Now, thankfully, the person didn't just drive off and felt the need to report this incident. Accidents do happen. It's not like he intentionally sees this creature and goes to hit it. And, you know, it is refreshing when people choose to do the right thing and report it instead of just speeding off. Now, additional injuries included skull fractures, eye damage, a possible hernia, stage 2 kidney failure, and heart disease. Heartbroken, the decision is made to put Puma-22 out of his misery and euthanize him so he can finally not be in pain and hopefully then rest in peace. After his death, they also discovered the California mountain lion to be the victim of ringworm. This poor animal... he must have been in such excruciating pain. Now, local Native American tribes request that P22 be buried near Griffith Park, once his home, always his home. A blessing ceremony is conducted and he is put to rest in an unknown area somewhere in the Santa Monica Mountains. May this sweet celebrity Puma the furry Griffith Park mountain lion, rest in eternal peace. Suicide was talked about quite a bit in this episode. If you or someone you know is depressed and dealing with suicidal thoughts or tendencies, please reach out to somebody. You're not alone. Whether it's talking to a beloved family member or a trusted friend, or the National Suicide Prevention Lifeline is always there for you at 1-800-273-8255. Again, that number for suicide prevention is 1-800-273-8255. This week's special city shout-outs go to Lehigh Acres, Florida, Via Platte, Louisiana, Pulaski, Tennessee, Federal Way, Washington, Kedziersen, Kozol, Poland, and San Bernardino, California. Did you enjoy this week's episode? Listen to the others. They are all phenomenal. Haven't heard every single one yet? No need to fret. You could binge listen right now at any of those amazing podcast platforms, such as Spotify, Google Podcasts, Apple Podcasts, Deezer, iTunes, CastBox. Basically, wherever you may roam to hear your other spooky podcasts, you'll probably find Paranormal Prathers podcast lurking in the background. Thanks, everybody. You all are absolutely fantastic, and I will see you next week.